This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Coach Jen in Ocala, Florida. And I am Lisa Wysocki in Ashland City, Tennessee, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 13th, episode 2180. This episode is brought to you by Omega Alpha Equine. Good morning, Horse World. It's Monday. Monday is my favorite time of This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look especially radiant today, your grace. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday. On today's show, as you've just heard, we have Jen leading the charge with special guest co-host Lisa Wysocki joining in. Jen reveals the winners of the Kelly Heard Jewelry Mother's Day Contest. Omega Alpha rider Felicia Barr calls in to tell us about her very special 11-year-old American warm blood mare, Sunny. We chat with Frank Spadinger about the SEI campus program. Malin Bowman joins us from Minnesota to tell us all about her unbelievable equestrian consignment store at Woodward Farm. You won't believe just how many items they have. And that's what's on today's show. Woohoo! I got some Yay. of There we go. Auditors Ruth McCormick, Bethany Joe McNett, and Andrew Dixon all have birthdays today. So happy, happy, everybody. Yay. Yay. It's, it's, a, it's a big deal having a happy birthday on the well, morning. It is a big deal. Yeah. And it's not every day you have a birthday. And it's not every day you get, and you you know, every year you do not necessarily get a happy birthday, Winnie, on Horses in the Morning, because sometimes we miss them. <laughs> well, <laughs> So if you're on this list today and I didn't say your name, it's not my fault. I didn't make the list. <laughs> Happy birthday to everyone who has one today or tomorrow. Yes. How's that? That works. Covered it all. And yep. uh, I think you have a shout out today too, don't you? I do. I Let do. me hit the button. I got to hit the button. I can't wait okay. to hit the button. Okay. <laughs> I love that button. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy, Jen. Yep. So, so I um, had a little bit of setup. I had a friend uh, in town from high school, uh, and uh, he had been, he had called me and said, you know, he was we were going to hook up for dinner Friday night. So great. So I'm texting him, and I'm texting him like, 
I'm coming to get you. And where are you? And I'm not getting anything back. And so I'm, I'm texting all these things. And, and finally, this lady calls me and she said, you're texting the wrong person. Oh, and, no! if you're, and if you're a stalker, I'm going to call the police. Oh, no. <laughs> and I look back over my text and I'm going, I'm going, oh, yeah, that could easily be interpreted that that is threatening, you know, and uh, I'm coming to get you. Where are you? Oh Why aren't God. you answering my calls? And I'm, so anyway, my daily Whitney goes out to her for not calling the FBI or 911 on me. So oh <laughs> I've done that. Where, and it's really kind of embarrassing. I've done it on the show where I, I type a number wrong and I call the wrong person or the number gets put into the notes wrong. And we call the wrong person. And you most know. of the time they're pretty insulted. That we call them. <laughs> Not a lot of understanding there. It's like, I'm sorry. I didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if, if you know, the, the way I had just written stuff had not been, you know, taken out of context and, and you know, like, I'm coming to get you. Um. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my so, gosh. Yeah. But it, she also could have just blocked me and not even... Um, let me know. I was probably texting the wrong number, you know, so she, she stepped up and, you know, yeah. took a chance. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It all worked out well. Funny. So anyway, thank you, whoever you are. Thank you, whoever you are for putting up with our accidental texts because you yes. never know. You don't. Yes. You don't. Je- yeah. Jemmy, have you ever had anybody um, text you thinking they were texting somebody else and you got a little weirded out? Um, I have, thought that somebody was texting I, I i was convinced that they were texting the wrong number and i was starting to get weirded out but then i found out no they were actually intentionally texting me and then i was even more weirded <laughs> out because there was a guy i had been on one date with like two years ago and here's how the text conversation went i see you i'm next to you in the car next over look over it was like one after another each each, like every 30 seconds it was a new I'm like was this guy following me and he was following me I Ooh. thought he was not following me and then I found out no he was actually following me it was a guy I dated a long time ago oh, that is weird so, yeah no yeah. it wasn't good okay. but <laughs> I wish I could say that exactly but yeah, I, yeah even worse I'd be, yeah, moving, I mean, I'd be moving to Switzerland that's it I'm you. out happen to come up on you in traffic one thing following yep. you yep totally different as I was on my way to church which is extra funny <laughs> Oh, With my, my son in the back seat, which is why I got extra paranoid. Oh no, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> well, we we've um, got more great news here on Horses in the Morning Show. It's just ce- one celebration right after the other. Here we have the winners of the Kelly Ho- Kelly Heard Jewelry Mother's Ooh. Day contest, which we had been chatting about all last week. Had lots Ooh. and lots of entries from listeners and non-listeners alike. And Glenn this morning went into the spreadsheet with all the entrance in it and he balled himself up a piece of used duct tape from the barn <laughs> inside out and he threw it at the screen and that's where it stuck. And he ended up with these three winners, Katie Moulton, <laughs> Laura Berry and Brenda Osterhout. Y'all are the winners of the Kelly Heard jewelry mother's day contest. Look for your inbox for further information on getting your prize. Congratulations. Absolutely. That's very exciting. Yay. Yeah. I like Glenn's um, method of choosing things. Well, uh, it had to be random. And when you have a spreadsheet stuck to your, how do you do that random on a spreadsheet? Because, you know, so he just went. There is nothing more random than duct tape. 
That's true. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've recently discovered something that needs to be added because everyone knows the horseman's toolbox always contains baler twine and duct tape, right? Yes. Two of the most useful items in the universe. And I've added another item that needs to be in every horseman's toolbox. And And that that is? is the pool noodle. Oh, yes. The pool noodle is a useful, useful tool. I've been finding all kinds of great things to use it for lately. And I think I'm going to put a challenge up on the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page. Horse Tip Daily is one of the shows we do here on the Horse Radio Network. Yes. And I'm going to put a challenge up. What can you do with a pool noodle? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. You know what I use pool noodles for lately when I'm teaching and the rider keeps like putting their heels into the horse. You put pool noodle between the horse's belly and their ankle and it (gasps) keeps their feet away. Interesting. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, draw me a picture of exactly how you do that. Well, two two ways, depending on the horse and the rider, you can either uh, run just a strap through the the billets and tie the pool noodle onto you know where the girth attaches, mm-hmm. or you can you can just attach the pool noodle to the rider's ankle. Interesting. It's very you know, pool noodles are very benign. They're very harmless. You know. Well, and, and they're ubiquitous uh, in, ubiquitous in the training process nowadays yes. because to pull noodles and tarps, how do we train horses before they existed, right? I don't, we, we couldn't. I we mean, couldn't. just it never happened. There so, <laughs> you know, but the other way too is if the rider's a little bit more advanced, you know, they can just hold the pool noodle down there by their ankle. Wow, oh, interesting. I like yeah. that. I it works really it. well. Yeah. Never had a horse had an issue with it. I think that's very very interesting. Yay team. Yay. Going to yeah. add that to the list. I'm going to have to have Lisa Waisaki on the uh, Horse Tip Daily Show, and we'll talk about pool noodles <laughs> and other upcycled items from your from your yes. swimming pool area. Yes. Yeah, love it. There we go. So I was going to ask you a question, and I thought of it while we were talking about pool noodles, and it's escaped me just now. So I guess back. it must not, <laughs> must not have been yeah. that important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what it was. It's raining like cats and dogs here right now, folks. So if we suddenly disappear off the air, don't take it personally. It's just the, the storm coming in. Yeah. I have to kind of squeeze my, my headset against my head really tight right now so I can hear you. Oh, isn't that unusual, though, for you guys to get rain and thunder this early in the, in the day? Yes. Generally speaking, here in central Florida in the summer months, we get storms in the afternoon. Yeah. This, this particular one is welcome, though, because we've had rather a dry spring here. Oh. Uh, yeah. And typically this time of year, we're recording this show mid-May. The grass is neon green. We're mowing it every six and a half days. It's just very lush. And right now, yeah. the grass is green enough, but it's kind of short and sad because it's been so dry. So we're I'm kind of welcoming this early morning thunder shower. Yeah. Yeah. Is it going to create enough uh, rain to give uh, Scooter a puddle to play in? It might. Good. It might. The other day, we did have a, a brief rainstorm five or six days ago. And as soon yeah. as it stopped raining, of course, Scooter had to stop, drop, and roll because that's what horses do when it stops sure. raining. Sure. So he... He lives in a dry lot because he's a fat pony, and he <laughs> found himself a nice clear area, and he started to dig a little bit because you got to dig a hole before you roll in it, right? Sure. Important stuff. Sure. And the particular part of this paddock where he, where he decided to do this is the topsoil, and here in central Florida, the topsoil consists of sand, basically. Yeah. It's about six, eight inches, and then below that, there's a layer of clay. Well, he dug down far enough to get to that clay, and he thought that was pretty darn special. Wow. 
so he, he determined. He, yeah, he was having a good time. And then just about the time he got to that clay going, oh, this is a perfect place to roll, it dumped again. It started raining. Well, you can't roll <laughs> while it's raining. There's some kind of a rule that you can't roll while it's raining. Right. It dumped for another three or four minutes. And when it dumps here, it dumps seriously by the bucket full. Yeah. Dumped for three or four more minutes and stops. Okay, time to roll. So he goes over to where he had dug himself his... Yeah, he he went over to where he had dug himself his little hole to roll. And he was surprised to find that it had filled with water. And the hole was almost 10 inches deep, but it was very small. Wow. Maybe 10 inches in diameter. So it was tiny little. So he couldn't roll in it. It was too small. So he decided to drink the water out of it. Oh. Really? (laughs) Really? You need to drink the water out of there? Oh, poor Scooter. (laughs) After all that work, all he got was a glass of water. All he got out of that whole deal was a glass of water. Do you have, do you have puddle drinkers at your place? No, we have one horse though who loves. We have a hundred-gallon water tank in in the paddock, wow. and he loves to stick his feet in it, both front feet, and then he leans back, and then whoosh! A hundred gallons of water is all over the paddock. Really? Oh yes, yes. And I can hear him. I can hear him. He's even if I'm on the other side of the barn, and I, I hear thunk, and then thunk. But by the time I run around and get up to where he's you know, got his feet in, he's already leaned back and the water's splashing all over him and hundred gallons of water gone. And I'm not so upset about the water going to, it's just the paddock, it turns it into a muddy mess. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's obvious he's not doing this just, oh, I happen to lean back. No, he puts both feet in oh, with the intention absolutely. of knocking it over. Oh, Absolutely. Totally intentional. He loves water and he loves to splash in it, um, but he loves also to tip it over. And he he looks at you like, "Ha, huh, I got you, <laughs> and you can't be mad at me." Nah, 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 no, nah. and you know, we have tried we have tried securing the water trough, and you no, know, he finds a way around it, or he leans really hard. He's um, a draft cross, and he weighs fifteen hundred pounds. So you know, if if he puts some effort into it, no matter what we tie the water trough to, to what post or whatever, no, he he can tip it over. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. But he's he's the only now you have one giant water trough in there. So when he knocks it over, if there's nobody out and about to fill it back up again, everybody else, every other horse in the paddock is glaring at him. Yes. Well, we we have recently put a second smaller water trough in, um, and we only keep a little bit of water in it because he'll tip that one over too. I was going to say, does he like to tip that one too? <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. So, so Colby's Army recently was able to purchase the property we've been leasing the last couple of years. Oh, how exciting! So, yes, it's very exciting. But what's most exciting is now we can dig him his own pond. So, um, hopefully, maybe the water trough thing will stop if he has his own pond to play in. Wow, I want to hear all about the adventure of putting in a pond at a farm. <laughs> Ta- I want, I, I want you to document that whole thing, and it's going to be part of your next book, isn't it? Um, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, today's show, as we had mentioned at the top of the hour is brought to you by Omega Alpha Equine and one of Omega Alpha Equine's riders, Felicia Barr recently put a little notch in her lipstick case by taking home the win in the four star at Jersey Fresh. That's a combined training event for those who are not in the know. So why don't we get Felicia on here and learn all about her big win on her really amazing horse. Welcome to the show, Felicia. 
Hi, thank you for having me. Now, Felicia, did I get that right? Is it Felicia or Felicia? It's Felicia. Yay, us, we won! Yay, that's <laughs> so interesting because my name is Lisa Waisaki, but my legal first name is Felicia, but I spell it F-E-L. And I couldn't mm-hmm. pronounce it till I was seven, but I've never seen it spelled your way. I think that's really cool. Yeah, my parents are very original, <laughs> uh, but I've actually never met another Felicia before, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, very cool. We're special. Yeah. There aren't a lot of us. I think Felicia is an awesome name, and when you spell it with a Y, it's even more awesome. Yes. Yeah, definitely original, but unfortunately, I can't ever go to a souvenir shop and get a mug with my name <laughs> on it. That's the downside. Think of that, new parents. Whenever you name your child, think about how their life is going to be lessened just a tiny bit because, as Felicia just said, they're never going to be able to go to a gift shop and buy a mug or a keychain at the rest stop along the interstate. Yeah, again, the only place I get these souvenirs. The only place I get one is in a Latino gift shop in the boy section. Because <laughs> have have. you have a boy name. <laughs> <laughs> well, Felicia, thanks for spending a little bit face. of time with us here this morning on short notice to boot. Uh, as one of Omega Alpha Equine's ambassador rider, you recently chalked up a win at the CCI four-star long format at Jersey Fresh in New Jersey this past weekend aboard a kind of a unique creature. So first off, kind of give us the background on Galloway Sunrise, your mare. Yeah, so I, my mom actually found her on Craigslist for $500. Um, I thought she was absolutely insane when she showed me the ad, but sure enough, we went out there and it was not a scam. <laughs> um, you know, she was just totally feral and it was more than the breeders could handle. And they were just looking to unload. So, you know, we, we went in, we saw her. I loved what I saw. I loved the way she was built. She did somewhat resemble a donkey as a two-year-old, but she had good bone structure. Um, and she had the fire inside her that I, I really love. Um, and, you know, for $500, that was all we could buy. <laughs> so <laughs> it just really worked out in our favor. Now, let's... um. PSA here, folks. Don't try this at home. Usually, when you have a $500 Craigslist ad of a warm blood for sale for $500, it doesn't always work out that you get a four-star horse. Have you gotten, have you made a habit of getting horses that are kind of diamonds in the rough, nobody knew what they had, and turning them into rock stars? Or is this the first time you've done this? Yeah, actually, my, my very first horse was a kill pen rescue. Um, so, you know, and growing up in Western New York, we didn't have access to trainers or to nice horses. Um, and we really were just kind of winging it a little bit. Um, and we, we didn't have a lot of money. So to have any horse was a gift, you know. So not having a budget to go buy something made we we got really lucky with sunny you know it really could have gone either way and and you know she did make it tough on us she was truly feral when we bought her you know wasn't even halter broke she she was very rogue um (laughs) and pretty aggressive right off the bat too i mean she had a habit of chasing me out of her stone with her teeth bared um she kicked me the first time i saw her um 
but we've channeled that fire into a job that she absolutely loves. And, you know, she, she tries her guts out for me now. And I've, I've never had a horse with more heart than she has. So when you first started working with Sonny, can you, can you, can you put it, was there a light bulb moment where you said, oh, this is what I have to do to kind of break through that? Because there's, with every horse, there's an initial breakthrough moment. With a horse that's not feral and has been raised and handled from a youngster, a lot of times they go under saddle, they're confused babies, they don't know what the heck's going on. And then one day you get on and you can tell the light bulb comes on and they kind of mature and develop a second brain cell. Was there a moment early on with her where you, where you could kind of see that light bulb come on and she went, oh, humans, I get this? Honestly, no. We never <laughs> had that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but no. Um, originally, I was when I bought her, I was only kind of doing eventing. I was still trying to do some jumpers and some hunters. Um, and I actually originally tried to make her a hunter. Um, and if you've seen this horse run cross country, you know that that just was never going to happen. Um, and she actually got injured um, as a four-year-old. Um, and, you know, it was almost a career-ending injury. It was, it was almost a life-ending injury. Um, I mean, she had a pasture accident where she, like, ripped half of her hoof off. Like, the bulb gone, the hoof gone. Um, and she oh, was on no. stars forever. Yeah, it was it was. You know, like I said, it was almost a life-ending injury. Um, and it was in that time where I had to handle her every day, you know, in her stall, no riding, where she really was able to mature a little bit. And we, we just kept putting her on the back burner. I still had my first horse who was the Kill Pen Rescue. Um, and I, I moved him up to training level. I did a few training levels. And I think at that time where I wasn't focused on her, I was you know, focused on other things and just playing around with her. We really developed a bond then. And when I brought her back and tried eventing, it was smoother sailing after that, you know, year or so off. Very interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, it it could have gone either way, but, you know, she, she really came out after that a little bit more mature. So what made you start, eventing was was sunny the impetus to try eventing because she wasn't so happy being a show jumper or was it something else um so i i had done i grew up with 4-h um and i had done almost every other discipline i mean i had done some quarter horse stuff some equitation shows um i even did a little driving and barrel racing and reining um you know all at very low levels but i i just never really found something that I wanted to do every single day. You know, I, I, I loved it, obviously, and I loved the horses, but I wasn't in love with the disciplines I was riding. It was more just love of horses keeping me going. Um, and I remember I was at a jumper show, just, you know, some schooling jumper show, and a trainer approached me and was like, hey, I have this eventing team. You know, have you ever thought about eventing? I think you would really enjoy it. And I, I went out to my first event, um, and I actually entered novice because at that point I was doing um I think the three six jumpers so I was like oh like novice height should be perfectly appropriate for me never scored cross country before in my life but just assumed it was like a derby style um got eliminated at the third fence <laughs> <laughs> um, but after that 
after that, I was like, no, I, I love this. Like, this is what I want to breathe every day. You know, this is what I want to do. And after that, you know, I just was really focused on that. So is there um, something that, uh, some quirk that Sunny has when you're competing that you just kind of have to watch for or that you know is is going to happen or something where you have to just do something a little different with her than, than maybe with another horse? Um, she does carry a lot of tension in the dressage. Um, but no, honestly, she's, she's at this point a real competitor. You know, she's almost more relaxed in the showgrounds than she is at home in her field for some reason. I mean, she shows up and she knows it's all business. Um, and she, she's just really an excellent competitor. Um, the only quirk I can say she has is uh, she's not the most loving horse. You know, she's not mean. She doesn't bite. She doesn't kick. But right. she doesn't want you to snuggle her. She doesn't want scratches. You know, she wants, uh, you know, a treat with an open hand and for you to stand in her general direction. That's how she shows love. <laughs> she's just all business. <laughs> she's so, all business, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a partnership for sure. And, you know, she definitely recognizes me as her person. You know, she'll walk up to me in the field. But, you know, she's not a very physical horse. She doesn't want you to touch her, you know. If I try to, like, wipe her nose off with a towel, she, you know, she'll put her ears back at me and just, like, lift her head up. You know, she's, she's all business. You know, she's she's there to compete and do what she loves. I'm there to compete and do what I love, and we have that understanding. Yeah. So so what's next for Sunny? Um, so right now she's going to have a little downtime, just, you know, recover from the spring season. Um, and I don't generally compete her in July just because of the heat. Right. Um, so I'm hoping to do, you know, some dressage shows, some show jumping shows, and, you know, get out and do those two phases a bit more because I know the cross country is just easy for her at this point. Um, so I want to really focus in on those two events, or those two phases, um, and then come out in the fall season and do the American Eventing Championships and then the four-star at Plantation and the four-star at the Hill, all with the goal of being prepared for Kentucky in the fall or in the spring of next year. Well, I know I'm going to be watching for you. That's great. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. That's very exciting. Now, for listeners who want to appropriately stalk you online and become fans of Felicia and Sunny, because it sounds like we should be, do you have a Facebook page or a fan page for people? Yeah, um, so the business has a page. It's called Felicia Bar Eventing, um, and that's where I post, you know, all things for all of my phases and all of my horses and, you know, all of the young riders I have. And um, So that's really the best place. But I do have a personal Facebook page also, just Felicia Bar, that people can find our story on. Cool. And before I let you go... Jeff over at Omega Alpha Equine was kind enough to fix you up with us this morning so we could chat about you and your amazing horse. What is your absolute favorite must-have go-to Omega Alpha Equine product to keep your horse in top form? Oh, man. There there really are so many that I use. Um, if I could just – I'll just go through the ones that I, I'm set on using. Um, so Sunny, every, every day she gets the anti-flam joint supplement. And it's just, you know, whole body anti-inflammatory really helps support her joints. And she's been happier off of that. But um, most importantly, she has a breathing problem. 
Um, you know, it's, it's something that we've had to manage. And since she's been on the rest free in the airwaves, I've never felt more confident galloping her across country. It's, it has not been an issue since she has been on those products. Um, but something I never go to an event without with any horse that I have on property is the Omega Alpha Chill Ultra. Um, that just keeps them in the right mind for the dressage or the show jumping, whatever phase you want your horse to be calm, relaxed, and focused in. Like, I, I have tubes of it in the trailer, in my car, you know, in the barn, <laughs> wherever you think. Right. I'm sure there's one in my purse, you know. It's, it's something that I never leave the barn without. Interesting. So you have you have quite the toolbox from Omega Alpha Equine. Yeah, it's it, their products are incredible. And, you know, I just, I used them even in the past before I knew Jeff. Um, and he's really helped me have access to what I need to have Sunny and all of my horses in my barn perform at their absolute best. Jeff is a wealth of knowledge, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's really been incredible. It's been awesome working with him. Pretty darn cool. Well, thank you very much, Felicia, for spending a few minutes with us here this morning. Best of luck in the fall season with Sunny and the rest of your string. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Pretty darn cool. So, Boy, I'm a new fan. I'm a new sure. fan. I'm going to go like her on Facebook. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I love the story of this horse. And so, you know, you wonder if, if Sonny had had a normal, like, childhood and upbringing and had been halter broken at the normal stage and had learned to lead, if she would still be, you know, kind of standoffish, if that's just her natural personality or if she'd be a different horse today. Or, and would she be the fiery competitor? Because it's, you know, there's nature exactly. and nurture, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, that was so much fun. Let's hear a little bit from Omega Alpha. And then we're going to get our next guest, Frank Spadinger, on. Healthy Horse from Omega Alpha Equine is your solution to help your horse stay healthy and at his best throughout the long showing season or during long events where large numbers of horses come together in a single location. Healthy Horse supports multiple systems to help your horse maintain his winning form. It combines Hemex for healthy red cell production, Immune Boost for improved immune response, Liver Flush to optimize liver function, and Lung Flush to support maximum lung function. Get Healthy Horse for your equine athlete today because healthy horses perform better during events and recover faster afterward. You can find Omega Alpha Equine's Healthy Horse at your local tack and feed store, or you can go to OmegaAlpha.com to learn more or find your nearest retailer. All right, we're getting Frank on the line. He is in Switzerland, so we're doing... Wow. Yeah, so we have to go through a little layers yeah. here. Please hold the line. Please we will hold take your call shortly. I love the accent. Bienvenue à la Fédération Équestre Internationale. Nous allons répondre à votre... We need a translator. Yeah. We're either on a flight or in a spa. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, FEI. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, FEI. This is Jennifer from the Horses in the Morning Show calling for Frank Spadinger. Okay, I will transfer. They are in a conference room. I will transfer the call. So you said Jennifer from? Horses in the Morning. Horses in the Morning. Just a minute, please. Thank you. She sounded a little dubious. Thank you for calling the FEI. 
Please hold the line. We call the FBI. Bienvenue à la Fédération équestre internationale. Nous allons répondre à votre appel dans quelques instants. Nous vous prions de bien vouloir patienter. Hopefully they'll call, they'll answer quick. We're sitting here with elevator music for two more. Hello. Hello, Frank. This is Jennifer and my co-host Lisa and our producer Jemmy and Horses in the Morning Show. How are you? Hello, I'm fine. Now, it sounds like Looking we have you on a speakerphone, Frank. Yes. Um, is there any possibility you could pick up the, the handset because you're echoing a great deal? Uh, not yes, really. sir, this is what we've got at the moment. Can we, um, can we try the Skype alternative? Um, unfortunately, no, we're, we weren't able to get the Skype to work, so we'll just work with what we've got here. Um, the closer you are to the actual phone is going to be the best, Frank, so probably we'll just do, go with that. Yes, and I won't shout. All right. So we have less echo. Excellent. Thank you very much, Frank. Well, again, thanks for spending a little time with us here this morning. It was a long time in getting this all organized because everybody at the FEI seems to have at least three different jobs. <laughs> yes. yes, you're certainly correct about that. <laughs> well, the FEI can't... The FEI Campus Program is something I heard about. We spoke about it briefly on one of the other shows we do do here on the Horse Radio Network, the Dressage Radio Show. And I thought it was such a clever and useful thing to have around. I contacted you folks. And now, Frank, can you kind of just give us an overview is what is the campus program? Yes, the FEI Campus Program is an e-learning platform we have created for the equestrian community. It was launched in 2017, and primarily in the beginning, it was thought for the FEI officials. We wanted to create a virtual learning platform, an environment, so that it is, doesn't take them a lot of time to travel, and it is cost-effective. So in the beginning, it was a training um, solution for FBI officials. Um, now, nowadays, they can meet in virtual classrooms, share their, their experiences. Um, and the positive thing, and where we are so proud of, is that the participants really can do it wherever and whenever they want, with a computer or a mobile nowadays. Oh, you're even mobile friendly now. Woohoo! Yes, we are. Look at the FEI embracing technology. So what sorts of <laughs> topics are typically covered in the campus program? Um, we have in the FEI campus program, next to what I've already mentioned um, with the FEI officials, where we deal about rule regulations, updates, um, foundation courses, we have also a very good um part about um, horsemanship and the horse welfare, where we de- um, provide information for a general, more general public. So you have a and wide array of topics there. Did you have anything there, Lisa? No, no, I was, I was just, I'm, I'm blown away by the whole program, but I was just wondering, are, is this something you're going to be adding to um, over time and, and like every month there's a new topic? 
Um, we have done in 2016, as a preparation to that, uh, an, a study that actually um, helped us to define the term horsemanship, because it's generally used, but um, everybody thinks a little bit different of it. We had a very large uh, survey on that, and we came up with 14 skills and abilities and attributes what we think horsemanship competence is about. And about those 14 key attributes, we build the horsemanship section nowadays. So yes, there are constantly new courses coming up, probably two to three courses in SEI campus, either in horsemanship or on the official side. Um, so yes, and we are constantly building it up and making it bigger. So That's do you, awesome. Do you need to be an FEI member to use the campus program? Um, not really. What we, we have two possibilities. First of all, naturally we have people with an FEI ID, as, as we call it. They can register in FEI campus with their FEI ID. And then we have the equestrian community or everybody else who is interested in this subject um, that can purely register with an email address. And I have to mention here, all this information we provide is free of cost. Oh, that's great. That's great. So how, like if I wanted to access all of this, how do I find you and how do I get into that? Um, I've mentioned the word campus, and we've mentioned the API a lot of times. And to say you the correct address, it's campus.fei.org. And may I repeat it? So for clarity, sure. it's campus.fei.org. Well, that doesn't get much simpler than that. You didn't try to reinvent the wheel there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos to y'all for that one. So it's yeah. campus.fei.org. Um, you can yeah. access information whether you are an FEI member or not, and it is free of charge. Did I get those all right? Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yay, me! <laughs> <laughs> so thank you again, Frank. This has been fascinating, and I'm going to have to go over to fei.org campus.fei.org and check that all out. Now, once I register, let's say I'm not an FEI member and I want to register to be able to get to the programs and information that's available to non-members, do I just sign up once and then I'm good for how long? Or is, do I have to keep re-signing up? No. Once you've signed up with your email address, you can um, sign up, access the platform, as I said, 24 hours, 7 days a week. Um, there is no time limit to it, and um, you have, as I mentioned before, access to every single course. It's absolutely, we do not divide between the officials and the horsemanship side. You can access any course, take the course, get the certificate um, that's open to you. The only thing what we do um, as it is a learning pro uh, platform for our officials, is as soon as you want to become an FCI official, uh, we create such an internal course group. 
But the, again, the information for everybody is the same. It is for everybody can access it. So, Frank, what was the um, idea in in starting this in the first place? I mean, I think it's wonderful that you're educating everybody uh, in your organization and in your industry on the on the same platform. But what was there? one thing or a couple of events that just really made you all sit down and say, we really need to do something like this? There, are, there were two main issues. Um, the first one maybe is uh, that we are aware that we are the leading governing body for equestrian sport right. and that we have the possibility to provide knowledge to our community that it is approved by us. Right. That's one very essential part. So we work, for example, with, on the horsemanship side together with the University of Zurich, who is a well-known capacity in this field. Um, the other side is that we have noticed that our officials, it takes them a lot of time, it takes a lot of cost, um, to take the education with us and we wanted to introduce already um, in 2014 it, the whole process started we wanted to introduce blended learning so we have on for the our education um, not only uh, in-person courses where they have to travel but also um, to cut those time down for them and use um, the e-learning platform, use self-study, and then naturally have still in-person courses with the exams. Well, I, I think this is just absolutely amazing, and it's phenomenal. And kudos to you and everybody there at FEI for um, thinking about this. I think it's just really going to help everybody um, everybody who's in, who's in your industry. This is fabulous. 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 I'm going to check Thank it you. out. Well, thanks again. You, uh, you should. You should. Yes, we should. I will. Well, I, I absolutely will. Thank you again, Frank, and uh, and friends there in the room for for getting for stopping by this morning, and thanks for Vanessa for all your help for getting this all started. Not not a problem. My pleasure. Bye, all. Okay. Take care. Well, that's fascinating stuff. I didn't know, know all of that. I didn't realize it was available to non FEI members, and that it has. It has such a wide variety of topics. I didn't realize it was that big a deal. Well, I know. And I think, um, I mean, I'm, I'm serious. I really want to check it out because I, anytime, you know, we can educate ourselves about something, I mean, I think that's really great. And it's, it's free, which yeah. is even better. It's free and it's mobile friendly because, yes. as we know, if, if there's 15 seconds of our lives that are not, are not completely filled, we have to open up our phones and do something on yeah, it. Of course we do. <laughs> <laughs> of course we do. <laughs> and, and, and it's either that or, or playing, you know, Candy Crush or something. Well, see, this is so much better than Candy Crush. Absolutely. So much better. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of things that are better than Candy Crush, how about a little bit of Jared Rogerson uh, have a little break here? Love it. The city offers you convenience. This old mountain offers you no lenience But is 
miss the life I choose to lead Peace of mind's what I receive I make my home above the timberline In my saddlebags Who knows what you'll find on my trusty steed, I've got everything I need Up here on the great divide I went to college, searching for my way Textbooks for rodeos seemed a pretty even trade Well, I guess fate can handle each and every day Wouldn't have it any other way Now I make my home Above the timberline In my saddlebags Who knows what you'll find On my trusty steed I've got everything I need up here on the great divide There's bighorn sheep Look, there's an eagle flying down there We got fish to eat And up here there ain't no bear It's the place that I reside Up above the timberline Fate's in charge of every day hey, Wouldn't have it any other way And that was a little Jared Rogerson. You can find his music on CD Baby, iTunes, jaredrogerson.com, and all the usual places. I highly recommend him. And Love it. Yeah. This is the Omega Alpha Equine Monday edition of Horses in the Morning, and I'm here with my special guest, co-host, Lisa Waisaki. I'm here because Glenn's feeling under the weather, and Lisa's here because Jamie's busily training horses in Wyoming. Gosh, it's tough to be Jamie. So what, I know. Have you, what have you been up to lately, Lisa? <laughs> well, uh, a lot. I mean, I've, I've been uh, working till you know, one or two in the morning, getting up at six and going at it again, you know. So, um, you know, I've, uh, Kat Enright and I have been spending a lot of time together on her latest adventure. So, um, and um, actually, I've... I've remiss in posting the auditors uh winners because two of the auditors are going to be characters in the next cat and right book oh and uh, I, it's very exciting um they have been chosen by the publisher and i will post those later today in the auditors room so um people can uh, can check that there's two lucky people who can get in touch with me and tell me all about themselves and their horses and we'll write them in um and they can they can meet cat so that'll be fun um and then um, I'm going to the American Horse Media Awards in Albuquerque in a couple of weeks. And I think... Oh, um, oh that's right. The, uh, the um, American Horse Publications, right? Yeah, American yeah. Horse Publications. And I, I believe that uh, Horses in the Morning has a... Or Horse Radio Network has a finalist. Yes, we and do. if that wins, I, I get to be the lucky person who picks that up. So 
that could be fun. Yay! Yes, we send fun. in a bunch of stuff, and one of the Horses in the Morning episodes is a finalist. It is the episode where Mary Kitzmiller shared her adventures uh, tracking yes. down the herd from whence her one of her Mustangs by the name of Remington came from. And uh, it's one of those, that uh, tissue alert, it's one of those. Yeah. Yes, yes, I've listened to it. It's a great episode. And um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm also speaking at the conference this year. So talking to people about uh, books and horse books and book editing and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be, yeah, that'll be um, a lot of fun. So, um, you know, and and that, you know, I mean, boy, it's, it's that time of year for farm stuff. You know, we're planting flowers and veggies and you know, doing pasture maintenance and, you know, all the other stuff that you have to do when, when you have land. So. You you wear a lot of hats at Colby's Army, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those places where, you know, if you see something that needs to be done, everybody just kind of digs in and, and does it, except there's not always a lot of other people there. So uh, yesterday I was digging flower beds and, and um, you know, painting tires and, you know, dragging pasture for poop and you know all that kind of stuff all the springtime stuff yeah yeah it's it's uh yeah it's all all fun you know yeah. but um you know then that means i'm late at night working on yeah. cats cat stuff. stuff and then i'm also <laughs> yeah cat stuff and then i'm also editing a book uh written by merle haggard's manager fuzzy owen and uh, fuzzy was merle's manager his entire life and for those who aren't country music fans merle haggard was was like the biggest country music star ever. And he passed away, I think, in 2016. So um, his manager has a lot of really great stories to tell. And so I'm in the process of editing that book, too. Ooh, can I put, I, can I put in a vote to put that one on audio? Because I yes. listen to all actually, my books. Yes, it's, it actually, they do have plans to put that on audio. So, oh, I'm so um, excited. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so that'll be, that'll be great. Just a lot of great stories and, and uh, very entertaining. So, you know, just take off one hat and put on the other. And sometimes, you know, like you, Jen, you know, and, and, and you, Jemmy too. I mean, you're wearing five hats at the same time. Yes. (laughs) I mean, you guys both do that. So, you know. That way you never get tired of any one hat because you have to change it so frequently. Yes, or you can change the order that you have them on your head. So there you go. Whenever you're, whenever you're writing cats' stories, Cat and Wright, who is your mystery character? Yeah. Um, how many books does she have now? Four. Four. Um, uh, has there, we've got a little movement on the film and television option. I can't say too much right now, but there has been a little bit of movement there. So that's been very exciting. Um, working on the fifth book, which is a trail riding book, and. Um, you know, and it, it's really, I don't write them. She's like this, this person inside my head and she tells me what to do. So the so, first, let's go over them for, because there might be five people listening to this episode that have not read them all yet. The cat and Wright novels <laughs> go through the yeah topic yeah. for the, each of the different ones as you go through one through four. Yeah. Yeah, the Opium Equation is the first this first book, and it's really introducing Cat and the characters. And I look back at that one, and you know they've come so far since that book. Um, but really, Cat's neighbor is a retired movie star. Cat finds her dead body and is implicated in the crime, and and uh, has to kind of extricate herself from um, the possibility of jail time. So, um, so it's really introducing the characters um, as well as as having a pretty adventurous mystery. And then the second. Second one, uh, the Magnum Equation is set at our Middle Tennessee State University's uh, horse 
Center, uh, the Miller Tennessee Coliseum, and there's a ton of people who go to horse shows um, at Miller Coliseum. In fact, Road to the Horse used to be there. We've got a lot of uh, horse expos that are there. Um, so it's a it's a horse show mystery, kind of a closed uh, closed kind of room thing because you know that somebody involved at the horse show ha- is killing. Oh, that's true. Yes, that yeah. makes it different because the only people who are involved are the people at the horse show. Cool. At the horse show, absolutely, and so you know that. So, so uh, some horses don't die, but they, you know, they they become injured. All these weird things are happening. You know, trainers' tack is being compromised, and and um, so it's it's. Uh, that was fun to write. The third one, um, I came back to uh, Nashville uh, with that one, and it's really more of a, a country music-related book. Kat has found a friend, uh, and she's a rising country music star. And, of course, you know, she's found floating in the river, you know, not too long after she and Kat become friends. But um, that one really changes the course of Kat's life, and I don't want to say too much about that. But No there's, spoilers. There's no spoilers. There's something in in that 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 uh, really changes um, Cat's life forever. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. And then the fourth one is a horse racing book. Um, I have spent a lot of time at Canterbury Park in Shakopee, Minnesota. My mom, who is 96, by the way, has a box seat there and has since the day they opened. Um, so every time I'm there in, in Minnesota, I've been you know two weeks there every summer um, at Canterbury Park and the the park there was gracious enough to allow me to go backside uh, for days on end and quiz trainers and grooms and jockeys and, you know, staff. And so it's really a, a, a horse racing book. And, and that was fun to write because um, because of all the things that happened in book three, Kat really needed to escape her new life. And um, she, she ran to uh, Canterbury Park because her estranged father had thought somebody was trying to kill him so <gasps> oh that's right because that's how the one oh, no spoilers yeah. no spoilers no spoilers, no spoilers but was yeah, yeah. so but the, the neat thing about book five which is going to be called the rain equation it'll be out late this year um jamie and zeus also have a big role in this book oh so zeus zeus lets somebody loose <laughs> <laughs> How did you guess? <laughs> I mean, Zeus is Zeus is going to be the character that goes around. He's going to pick locks. So they- <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yes, they find a locked room, and oh, they got to go get Zeus. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So is is it the third book? One of my favorite characters in the books is Bubba. Oh yeah, I love Bubba. Yeah. Is it the third book where Bubba is introduced, or the second where he first makes the an appearance? First book. Is it the first? The first book. So Bubba is a very polarizing character. He's He started out to be 10. Now he's 11. Uh, kind of a juvenile delinquent character. And so after the first book, um, the publisher did a survey where they had gathered all kinds of reader um, email addresses and that type of thing. And um, uh, they asked who was their favorite character. And about half the people said, other than Kat, about half the people said Bubba. And they asked what their least favorite character was and about half the people said Bubba. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> so people either love Bubba or dislike they can't him, stand yeah. him. Well, see, that's the thing I love about Bubba is when he first comes into the story, you really don't like him, but I 
I love the character, not that I would love that person. If that person lived, existed next door to me, I would not like him at all. Oh, no, but no, I love no. him in the stories because he adds so much. <laughs> he's so much fun to write, and and so his dad is fun to write too. And he's in prison, and I may have to I may have to have him break out because um, he's too much fun to write. He's yes. just this southern redneck guy Good who you know just can't see the forest for the trees. And Baba, you know, has had kind of a neglectful um, upbringing and is very, very Southern. And it's, they're, they're both so much fun. You can have Zeus break Baba's dad out of prison. Oh, there we go. There we go. That's awesome. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I can just see. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to talk to Jamie again and and just get a little bit more on what his actual skills are. Yeah. And there are a lot of them. There are. Yes. 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 We've talked a few times. So (laughs) I'm just wondering if he can like jump over razor wire, you know, um, the prison razor wire. Yeah, Um, maybe. Maybe. uh, Yeah. Cool. Well, (laughs) for folks who want to get the Cat and Write novels or otherwise appropriately stalk you online and become a fan, where can they do that? Yeah, uh, books are in stores and online everywhere. I will say that Amazon usually has the best prices uh, on the book and often has them on sale. And then I'm at lisawysaki.com. My website is kind of a work in progress lately. I, I've got a new website and I'm constantly adding new content. Um, so if, if you haven't been there in a while, it might be worthwhile, um, you know, going back and just checking it out. Yeah. com. For those not familiar, Lisa Wysaki is an author, but you do fiction and nonfiction. So yes. You know, yes. good old fashioned helpful hints and good horsemanship is also available in your books. It absolutely is. Yeah. There we go. Well, it looks to me like Jemmy has found our next guest. Oh, Maylen Bowman is here. Let's welcome her to the show. Hey, Maylen, how are you? Oh, Maylen's not here yet because I didn't hit the button. There oh. <laughs> we go. Now she's here. Oh, Maylen, are you there? I am here. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. This is so wonderful to talk to you. And I have to do a little bit of disclosure. Uh, Malin and I have known each other since we were kids. And, um, you know, we've kept in touch through decades of, of horse stuff and all kinds of things. But I'm really excited to talk to you today because you have like the most amazing consignment tax store ever. Ever. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I was reading online, and, and I've been to your tax store, and I, I can well believe it. How many items do you have at any one given moment? Well, in stock today, we have about 4,000 items, ranging from brushes to silver mesa show saddles. So wow. the gamut is wide, and the choice is good. Yeah. What made you want to start um, doing this? Well, way back when I had a little boy who was about four and someone handed off some show clothes that fit him and some that didn't. And I sold the things that didn't fit and gave the money to the person that gave us the clothes. And she promptly told everyone and (laughs) the barrage of goodies I got (laughs) came at me and we started, we started small, but we're pretty big now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I do like that, you know, as you've got English stuff, you've got Western stuff, you've got show clothes, you've got everyday horse stuff and, and your prices are just really, really awesome. And you can really get a deal, not like some other consignment shops where, you know, it's a little pricey. 
Well, I so, think basing it out of our farm helps helps keep the costs down. And we do work with all the area trainers. They know they can send their clients. The clients can purchase. If the client goes back to the trainer and the trainer goes, eat gads, what were you thinking? They can bring it back. We <laughs> want to keep the trainers happy too. And every, everybody has a different style. Sure. Sure. Um, so um, what, what is like your top selling item or your, your, what, what do you always need in your store? I all, I always need children's hunt apparel because the styles haven't changed on that. Probably my next big item is Western show apparel. And then we go into the saddles and the saddles here tend to be cyclical. If you'd come here in January, you would have seen six dressage saddles and one Western show saddle. Now I have more Western show saddles, less dressage saddles. You just never know. Um, I had a side saddle that came in. It didn't last here 12 hours. It went online and it went out the door. Wow. Some of the specialty items really, really move right along. And I do kind of keep a waiting list. But the person that bought the side saddle was someone I didn't even have on my radar, didn't know it was even anything she wanted to do. And a regular shopper. Oh, my gosh, got to have it. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Now, are there things that come in that you say, "Eh, I, I probably can't sell this? Do yeah, I think work things? saddle pads, right, work, work saddle pads are tough, especially if someone hasn't cleaned them up. But I always, I have a big giant tote in my breezeway and anything that I can't market that someone does not want to take back, we send on to one of the rescue groups who have volunteers that are either willing to clean stuff up. And some of those rescue groups use the items and sometimes they put them in the tax swaps that they have annually. Oh, that's a great idea. So Nothing goes to waste. Yeah. I want to uh, back up just a little bit and, and talk about saddles for mm-hmm. a minute because I know saddles have evolved over the decades. And so, for example, at Colby's Army, we have a uh, a crump hunt seat saddle. And a crump is a, you know, it's an okay hunt seat saddle. But mm-hmm. this saddle apparently was made in like the late 60s or early 1970s. Nobody wants it because oh it's just, it's just not the style. So, so mm-hmm. what, what can we do with this saddle? Because even like a rescue group is probably not going to, <laughs> going to want it, unfortunately. Well, I, I do get some of the older saddles that aren't necessarily the most current style. Um, my recommendation is to clean the saddle up really well, figure out as many details as you can. Of course, hunt saddles, you can't really do measurements. So unless it tells you what tree size it is, you have to guess your best or you have to fit it on whatever horses you have. Right. Um, but there are, many pla- there are many places on Facebook that have just bargain tack, and you could probably sell it on there. Mm-hmm. You know, I would think it would be in the seventy-five to a hundred dollar range, and then you have a little cash flow for the the group. Right. There are so many kids starting out, starting in four H, that would love to try English, but you know, can't even afford a two hundred dollar saddle. Right. So that that's right. a really really good way. You also find people that want older tack like that that they paint and use for decorations, or they want to put them in their amusement room it's it's just finding the market but there are bar there are there are facebook groups called bargain tack and they have a limit of how much things can be you know what what price level things can be priced at oh that's a great idea that's a great idea there or maybe one of your volunteers 
you know, that's creative would want to paint it and you would use it as an auction item. Yeah. <gasps> There's an idea. That's a great, isn't that a great idea? What a clever idea. Mm-hmm. You can make it into a piece of art. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. I, wow. I just saw one online that someone had done a really beautiful floral pattern on the whole thing. And I don't know what they were going to use it for. I imagine it was going to be in an entertainment area, probably on a stand, but it was fascinating. And of course, for me who can't draw stick people, you know, I would love to be able to do that, but I'll just have to admire it from over here. <laughs> well, I think I'm going to be spending some time on Pinterest now looking to see yeah. if other people have posted stuff <laughs> like that. Wow. So if, yeah. if Malin, if, if um, somebody brought something to you, I mean, can you give us some tips as to how, how to prepare that piece of tack or, or even clothing or, or you know, horse equipment sure. to, to get to you? Yes. Um, my very first thing is, is that I want to see it as clean as you can make it. So on a Western saddle, you're going to clean it front to back. You're going to oil it. Um, and by the way, on our light saddles, we like to use olive oil. That was a tip from Dale Chavez. It does not, ah. it may lighten it for a moment or two, but it will not permanently discolor the saddle. Really? Um, make sure you, yes, make sure you have your stirrup hobbles. Make sure your near and off straps are good. If you have a frayed nylon near off strap, spend the 12 bucks and replace it. Um, brush the underside, vacuum it if you have to. If you're, if you're trying to mark it on your own, there are so many details you need to include. Measure the skirt from front to back because there are shorter backed horses and a lot of these new show saddles are really big. Yeah. Um, there are ser- serial numbers on almost every brand, whether they're on a, on a tag underneath or sometimes they're on the inside of the stirrup fender. But the more details you can provide, the better. Okay. And I have not hesitated to send a saddle back home with someone and ask them to please clean it up. Ah. The value is, it's a, it's a huge difference. I'm not as concerned if you haven't polished every speck of silver on your saddle. Actually, if your silver is just a little bit dull, it photographs better. You don't get the flashback. <laughs> there you so go. So you can see the detail. But some, sometimes silver is really hard to capture. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So... Um, hunt saddles and saddle seat saddles, of course, are a little tougher because the measuring of them is so subjective. So, right. you know, you have to maybe dig around. Sometimes the numbers are on the, the near side flap up to the top. Sometimes they're on the underside. And sometimes you just have to either reach out to the manufacturer by, you know, um, email or phone and see if they can give you some details. Right, right. We had to do so that with one saddle. That's right. Yes. So that's where I'd start with saddles. Of course, you want to see your bits clean and all of your any of your strap goods clean. If you're bringing me a really nice high-end show shirt and it's got a smudge on it, get out your shout wipe and try and clean it up. The the cleaner things are, the better price you're going to get. Right, right. Um, and um, are are there things that just typically? I mean, we talked about the you know the use the work pads and things, but are there things mm-hmm. that you think will sell and then oh, just nobody's interested in it. Well, when I started doing this and I, I had grown a little bit and I'd been doing this about two years, someone brought me a native Arab costume and this costume was made out of yarn and tinsel and crushed velvet. Oh wow! And it was not, 
it was not anything you would see in a Class A Arab show. But this gal had been bringing me things, and I thought, oh, I have to take this because, of course, I didn't think I couldn't take things at that point. Right. <laughs> but I kind of dis- I kind of displayed it in the corner, and lo and behold, I had someone come through that loved to ride in parades, and guess what she thought was glorious and wonderful. Oh, and wow. And she left here with the tinsel, crushed velvet, and yarn, and from a little ways away, it was quite an attractive look, <laughs> so I've learned that just because I wouldn't put it on my horse and go in the show pen doesn't mean, you know, that someone else won't see value in it, so for me... I, I really haven't had anything, and even there have been some things that I looked at and thought, oh, gosh, I won't be able to sell that. So I'll just put a quick picture online and poof, away it goes. We, this is such a vast and varied industry. You know, unless you're bringing me something that's really dirty or worn out, there's still probably a market for it. So wow. what I'm kind of getting from this is it matters less what it is what is important is that it is in good condition and that it has been cleaned to within an inch of its life. Correct. I just sold a very fancy buck-stitched bridle with buck-stitched reins. Now, Lisa, when did we see those? <laughs> I was going to say, uh, buck-stitched would have had a yeah. style in 1969. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. <laughs> Describe uh, buck-stitched for someone who might not reins, be familiar. Well, um, it's it's your basic leather with white um, stitching. So, but think bigger white stitching, like a quarter of an inch. So it's it's like a layered look. Does that kind of describe at least other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit. I think it's the Western version of a raised bridle. It's got, it's big and fat. It's a fashion statement, that white stuff. Yes, yes, it it really is. And actually this, this bridle had split reins, which means, you know, one rein for each side. It was for a barrel racer. And she was going to take the reins in and have them made into a continuous loop. And she was really excited about it. So some of the things that are retro, as long as they're in good shape, they'll get repurposed too. Sort of like your saddle that you're going to have some person with talent paint. Yes. Yes. And I want to mention. Go ahead. Oh, it it just, the cleanliness issue is, is really a big deal. If it's stiff as a board, you know, I, I can't in good faith put that online and hope to ship it to somebody, you know, in Kentucky. Right. Some of, some of the things I put online are, are local pickup. I've got an Australian saddle here, and their leather tends to be really thick and dense anyways, and this needs a quart of olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> you know, will it, re- will, will it recover? Yes, I, I think so, but you're, you're starting out with this concrete leather to begin with. And yeah. I don't want to ship that to somebody and have, I don't want somebody to be disappointed because I know I'd be disappointed to get the, the rock hard saddle. Yeah. And see, this is one reason why I was so interested in talking to you today, because um, you, you ship all over the place. You know, you, I you're, do. you're based I in a, Minnesota, but uh, you're everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Right. So- I shipped a beautiful Harris, a beautiful Harris saddle went to Australia not too long ago. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing, too, is that, you know, we've talked a little bit about show tack and show clothes. And, I mean, you you have really won it all, you and your family. Um, you are, I'm, I'm going to maybe get this wrong, but the former president of the Pinto Horse Association. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, yeah. I am. And, and you and, and 
your sons have won like I don't know fourteen thousand national and world championships. <laughs> yeah, we've 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 been blessed to be successful in the Pinto arena. Yes, and and we love that because it's such a family group, and you know we have we have people from our Pinto circuit coast to coast that just ship us stuff when they're done and say, please sell this for me. Wow. Wow. So So I I just wanted the listeners to know that when you're talking about um, show clothes and show tech, you really do know what you're talking about. And, and, um, you know, with the Pintos, you're riding all different kinds of of disciplines. Mm -hmm. And so you have had personal experience with every piece of tack or every type of tack that you're actually selling. Except maybe. Yeah. And we try to keep, we do try to keep a pulse on the, on the fashion. Um, Pinto has probably a higher percentage of stock horse people, but we also have saddlebred in Arabian and people cross over from Morgan with their solid horses. We see Andalusians and everybody does stuff a little bit different. So what maybe is current in the APHA pen this year can be reconfigured even slightly and you will see it go in the saddlebred pen or the Arab pen. You know, the, the styles change from cuffs to collars to fit and, um, I think you're seeing right now for, for the APHA and the AQHA shows, stripes seem to be very popular. Really? In the Western apparel. Yeah. yeah. And it's some very fascinating designs. Um, and again, that's probably not something I would have picked, but I am just amazed at the beauty of some of these pieces. Wow. Wow. So how do, how do listeners find you online? Well, I have a Facebook page called um, Windward Farm Equestrian Tack and Apparel Store. So a fairly long title. I think if you type in Windward Farm, you will find me or Windward Farm Tack. I do not have a website because our turnover is so fast. Facebook is much more conducive to that. We advertise on some of the other sites like Dream Horse. And for me, not having the website was not reinventing the wheel when you have a market there already and it's very affordable yeah Yeah. we sell on we sell on craigslist and we get a lot of referrals you know we really we try hard to keep our trainers happy we have trainers that know they can send me their i had a beginner family here on saturday or no uh friday um little girl who needed hunt seat and her trainer's name is kim and kim said just tell mail and i want her out outfitted hunt seat and we found her (laughs) you know jod purse (laughs) garters a shirt and a hunt coat and she already had a helmet. So, you know, they show on the Arabian circuit and you just, you just have to pay attention to, to what, you know, when in Rome you want to wear what the Romans right. wear. Exactly. Exactly. So it, right. Right. So I'm, I'm your Facebook page has a lot of different tack available and then can someone mm-hmm. like call you if they're looking for something specific or something sure. unusual? Yeah. And they can great. message me there or they can, Yes, or they can text me, and and I do kind of keep a wish list. I never know what's going to show up here. You know, we've I've got about ten people on my waiting list to bring things in, but I have to sell a few more things to make room. We're we're very full, which is a good <laughs> problem to have. It's a very good especially problem. this time of year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So well, if if anybody is yeah. in the the Minneapolis area or the Western Twin Cities area, I, I just highly recommend. Um, checking out uh, Malin's store at Windward Farm. And if you're not in that area, um, just go, get online, get on the Facebook page and, and check it out and, and get a hold of her if you need something specific because um, I 
been very impressed every time I've been there. So again, let's get the, the Facebook page out to people one more time. Yes, it's Windward Farm Equestrian Consignment Tech and Apparel Store. It's a long title, but I needed to get all those words in there. Got it. Got it. <laughs> well, you've been so, so gracious and so helpful in, in educating us about how to get rid of our tack that <laughs> we don't want. Um, okay. and, and just in, in general, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and sharing your knowledge and, and uh, helping us with all of that. So I appreciate it, Malin. Thank oh. you. Yes, thank you for having me, and I want to see pictures of that saddle when it's painted. Yeah, I'll I'll make sure I'll get it to you. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. Thank you okay. both very much yep. for having me. Thanks, Maylin. Have a good day. Sounds good. Bye bye. Yep. Bye bye. Well, that was fat. This she had some great ideas in there that I never she thought does. of. Does I know? I know. I'm just my wheels are turning about a painted saddle now. I've got to I've got to get on Pinterest and check it out. Yes, I'm check sure out Pinterest and then go to eBay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because that, that would bring it from maybe a $50 saddle or a $25 saddle into, like, something really cool. Yeah. I, yeah, and you'll be able to find out. Just See, Google can be good for some things. Um, yes. Diagnosing your horse's laminitis, not a good thing for Google. But no. figuring out what to do with an old saddle that needs to be turned into cash, great for Google. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm really excited about that. And, and you know, now I'm thinking, okay, well, you could do that with other things, too. I mean, wh- how, how can you turn, like, old brushes into a piece of art? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I saw a really cool one when we were at uh, Land Rover Kentucky three-day event a few weeks back. We went over yeah. to the meet and greet at New Vocations. Okay. And they had hanging planters outside the barn, and they right. had used halters to hang the plants. Oh, I love that. They put the basket inside the noseband of the of the halter, and then they hung it yeah. with the crown piece. And that was really cool. And they were old leather halters that had old name plates on them because every oh, equine wow. in the state of Kentucky has to go through at least 15 leather halters with brass name plates in its lifetime because they're everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. they were the coolest Plant holders, yeah. Oh, I've got to check that out. We have um, a lot of plant holders at Colby's Army, but we use um, one-gallon paint cans for the actual planter. It's the hanging part of it. Yeah, and and we don't want to grow vegetables in there, but the plants, the flowers seem to do really, really well. Flowers are perfectly happy. Perfectly happy in old paint cans, and uh, and it looks really cool. But I've got to check out the halters. That's really, really another use. Who doesn't have a flat back bucket around that's cockeyed? Yep. And the handle's bent, and the, the, the edges of the handle where they're bent around there are too open, so you can't put them in there because the horse will stick his nose, his his nostrils through there and hold them. But what do you do with it? You can you can drill a little hole in the bottom and make it into an awesome planter. Yep, yep. I do that with my used muck boots. I, I plant flower. I put rocks oh in Oh, my the, gosh. In the that's hilarious. <laughs> I've, got, I've got like 20 <laughs> plants growing in muck boots now and now is the fertilizer content valid there for the muck boot yeah <laughs> it's got yeah, remnants no, it's, of muck it's everywhere a little, added, little added extra little little plus right there you know? <gasps> oh my gosh that's awesome i do have to have you on horse tip daily to talk all about the clever ways you upcycle stuff <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. There yeah. we go. Well, it's been yeah. a, it's been a great ride through the Equinosphere today. To find links today's about today's show, today is the episode for May thirteenth, twenty nineteen. Go to horsesinthemorning.com. 
You can follow us on Facebook. And if you haven't done so already, go to Facebook and type in Horses in the Morning and hit the like button and hit the follow button. If you're a tweeter, you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Horse Radio. And many of you are already listening to us on our app, the Horse Radio Network app. It's available for iPhone or Android. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network, download it. It's free and easy to use. And because you are probably already listening to this on the app, find other folks in your life who are less tech savvy and help them download it. They'll thank you later. <laughs> a little interjection here. I, I, After many years, I had to get a new phone. I had an old iPhone 5 and I finally dropped it in the water trough and it just wasn't happening. So I got a new phone and I had to figure out by the first thing I did is I had to download the horse radio network app and it was traumatic <laughs> for me. <laughs> you know, the best way to deal with phones and something you need your phone to do or something you need your phone to stop doing, find a nine-year-old. Yes. Yes. Or a Anywhere. five-year-old. Yeah. Yes. Or a five-year-old. They will, any random person under the age of 10 will be able to make your phone do everything. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thanks again to Omega Alpha Equine for sponsoring today's show. You can find them online at OmegaAlpha.com. Thank you, Lisa Wysocki, for jumping in and co-hosting with me today. People can find you online where? LisaWysocki.com, and Wysocki has two Ys and no I. (laughs) One-eyed Wysocki. There we go. There we go. There we go. Two eyes, no eyes. All right, we'll we'll see y'all again tomorrow, folks. <laughs>